Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hello. What's going on? (laughs) Uh, Not much, really. Gearing up for Thanksgiving. It's the last day of what's going to feel like warm weather. We're going to be in the 20s today and after today. Not for the foreseeable future. Could be the last warm day of 2022. I hope it's not the last, but it could be. So enjoy it, everybody. There's a lot to get to in this episode of After 9. Let's start off with, uh, we're going to talk real estate in a few minutes because this has concerned us on this podcast for a while because we, like most people, were smart enough to see what was going to happen if the Bank of Canada went all hog wild, which they did. And now, sure enough, the prophecy is fulfilled. Uh, housing is down 25 percent. Mm-hmm. Housing sales in September, 25 percent in the Waterloo market, in the Toronto market, 44 percent year over year. Yeah, it's insane. Close to the GTA, right? It's nuts. Uh, oh, it's piece of shit day. Kevin Spacey is in court in New York, and Jacob Hogard is in court in Toronto. That's right. It is a a big piece of shit day, isn't it? And we're going to talk about the movie Rust. That's the Alec Baldwin movie when he shot and killed someone on the set. Now the husband of the victim is not only going to allow the movie to continue being made, he's the executive producer Mm -hmm. of the movie that killed his wife. Plus a settlement, which is probably included in the price of being the executive producer, I assume, but he got an undisclosed amount of cash for this, too couple things to start first off the guy who caught that baseball that Aaron Judge hit Mm -hmm. his 62nd home run the owner of a sports memorabilia auction house offered him two million dollars for the ball yes yep 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 deal right we got a deal make that check out to me do it now he'd be crazy let me see what's his name hang on though hang on though JP Cohen is the president of memory lane Inc in Tustin California okay he told the AP that he texted and emailed Corey Yaumans, he's the guy who caught the ball and offered him two million bucks. You know what's odd about this too? This is just weird, small world stuff. But he is actually married to a previous Bachelor contestant on The Bachelor. Really? Yeah, because she she posted about it. Like my husband caught the ball. I'm like, oh great. So okay, but hang on though, because I know you're saying he'd be crazy, and that was my initial reaction too. He'd be crazy not to, right? Just uh, just take the money. But hang on a second. That's just the first bidder here, like officially on the table, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So nah, you know what? Thanks for your offer. Hang tight. I'm going to see what else is out there. Or is it like real estate where your first offer is nah, going to be your best offer? It's never going to go down. The price for, unless. Unless people wake up and realize that's $2 million for a $3 baseball. <laughs> Maybe they'll do that. But they don't see it that way. But I'm thinking private sales. Like this is an auction house. They're, sorry, this is a memorabilia place, right? Yep. Cool. That's great. Everyone wants to go to those places and see it. You want those big ticket items that people go and pay money to go see. But what about like your average rich person? Like there's a lot of rich people that watch baseball. What if I, I'm a super rich person? I'm on close to being a billionaire and I'm like, no, I fucking like baseball. I'll give you three milli. You know what I mean? You just never know. Private sale. Boom. Think of it this way. 
The only person I could see actually wanting to sink tangible money into this is Aaron Judge himself. Maybe. If you're Aaron Judge, are you going to pay even a penny to get that ball back? Clarify this for me, actually, because let me think about it. So this home run breaks a record. Yes. Was this only for regular season, so he can't do any more this season? Or does this include playoffs as well, and is he even in the playoffs? For this particular record, it's just regular season. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it's not like... He's he knows for sure he's going to be able to do that again next season. You just never know, especially in baseball. So, yeah, he might want to buy it. You're absolutely right. And or, he might pay more. Or maybe he just waits till it's been traded around and sold for $2 million this time, $1 million next time, 500000 after that, and just waits. And Hey, maybe he gets that ball on his deathbed, but I'm sure he's going to get that ball back. And I don't know that he necessarily has to pay top dollar. Uh, the other part of this, too, is they could very easily change around the rules in that if you catch a ball or a puck, or anything else at a sporting event, it could be a condition on the ticket that if you catch it, you have to return it. What would you think of that? Because oh, that would cost yeah. this poor dude two million bucks. Yeah. I, um, how would fans, I don't, well, I, I, I can tell you fans probably wouldn't like it. No, but we're all. fans. We don't have a say. We just keep getting railroaded every but time they the want to do something. You know, you want to do that? Then why don't you make the, the cost of going to the game cheaper? And I know it's already kind of a cheap ticket, depending on where you're going and the time of year that you're going. But there's got to be some form of, like, incentive for those people who wait. There's a lot of people who do that regular season with, with, I shouldn't say nobody's, because if you're hitting a home run, you're a great player. Don't get it twisted. But there's a lot of people who go with a glove in those areas where it is a prominent spot for a home run to be caught, and they go to catch a ball, and that's a beautiful part of it. Like, you see kids being handed balls and all those great highlights that show up on, you know, TSN and ESPN, and those are wonderful moments. Like, could you imagine being like, here you go, kid. Nope, fuck that. It's belonging to the organization. Like, those are great, but don't take those moments away. You know, they have ever they bought the ticket. They brought the glove. They prepared themselves. They're fans of the game, clearly fans of the team. Let them keep the damn ball. I wouldn't be a fan of that at all. If I was Aaron Judge, I'd want that ball. I, I don't know that I'd pay it as much as it's being offered now, two million bucks for it, but I would probably want that. And it's worth more in Aaron Judge's hands than it is in anybody else's hands. Yeah, what if he signs it? If oh, he signs it, nice, what's the worth? It? Yeah, because I'm wondering if he signs it, is that worth more? Or is there something Aaron Judge could do for the guy who caught it? What if he's an Aaron Judge fan and he's like, look, man, you want me to come to uh, an event for you? You want me to sign a couple of jerseys, hats, bats, whatever you want that's going to make up for $200 million, but give me that ball. What do you think about that? Uh, Yeah, there's all kinds of deals that could be made. I'm just wondering how this is going to play out Mm because so far we've got people offering to buy the ball, but we don't know if Aaron Judge or the New York Yankees themselves have put an offer on it. That could send it well over $2 million, or maybe they're going to look at it and say, we're not paying $2 million for a ball. It's just not happening. No way. Uh, By the way, does Major League Baseball hate Toronto, or why did we get the 407 game tomorrow? 407 first pitch game one of the wild card round. It's because they want the other teams on in prime time, I would assume, right? They want that that seven o'clock slot to go to a different game. Maybe. So the Jays get fucked here. Although, low key, I kind of like it because I doubt Major Ooh. League Baseball even knows that this is a long weekend in Canada. And there's a lot of people who can now go to the boss today and say, hey, you, come here. And you can say to your boss once they're there and listening to you attentively, Tomorrow is the Friday of a long weekend, and the Jays have a playoff game at 4 o'clock. Everybody leaves early tomorrow. Make it happen. I'm thinking about the fact that it's in Toronto, too. 
The fact that it's in Toronto, I think this is a very good thing. Because we already have, like, look, our traffic shit, okay? Our traffic shit, transit can be extremely overcrowded as well. A lot of people are going to this game. This is a sold-out sold crowd or very, very close? Oh, it's sold at? out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're talking about a sold-out crowd. That many people going to Toronto? Yeah, let it happen in the afternoon. I think that a lot of people downtown should be good with that, too. A lot of people trying to get out from downtown or going into downtown in the, in the evening should be glad that this is happening at 4.07. Now, of course, that's a smaller population considering... Canada is going to be watching because this is Canada's team, baby. But uh, I'm I personally as well, selfishly, I'm okay with the 407 start too. I don't, uh, uh, I, I, I want to see the Jays do really, really well. I do think they're going to make it out of the first round. I think they've got the talent to go all the way if they really dig in and play like a team. So I'm optimistic that this could be a really, really great few weeks here in the six. The 407 start, okay, fine. We'll take it. It's not like it's a like game seven of the, of the you know, World Series, though. I mean, this is game one. You Hopefully, you'll get a chance to watch it. But that's eh, not the end of the world. Go, Jays, go. Go, Jays, go. I'll be watching. We put up with a lot of shit this season, so you better go and make us proud. And I'm sure they will. No reason to think that they won't. Good luck, Jays. Um, let's talk movies for a second here. Rust is the movie that Alec Baldwin was filming when he had what he thought was a prop gun, and it was someone's job to make sure that the bullets in the gun were not real bullets. But something happened here. They were real bullets. Baldwin aimed it right at the cinematographer and shot her to death on set. There's a criminal investigation going on here, and there's some reason to think that maybe criminal charges will be laid because we have mm. a perfectly innocent and very talented filmmaker who's dead. Well, while the criminal proceedings get investigated, we have to talk about the civil case. Now, civilly, her husband could sue the people involved in this movie production and that he would likely get a lot of money as a wrongful death. The cinematographer didn't do anything wrong. It's not her job to make sure there's no bullets in the gun, and she definitely didn't expect Alec Baldwin to shoot her to death. However, you can come to a settlement on these things, and I'm really kind of questioning the settlement that got done here because part of the settlement is he's going to get an undisclosed amount of cash. But he's also been named an executive producer of the movie that killed his wife. And for those wondering, yes, production will start back up on Rust. Pending these this criminal investigation, though, do they have a right to shut it down? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. They could be, but still those people are going to be charged. We'll see. But what I'm wondering is going to... What I'm wondering with this whole thing, because from the beginning after she was... After we learned that she was shot and killed on the set, a lot of people that knew her said that she would have wanted the movie to continue filming. And not, and not just the people on set of the movie who, of course, want the movie to continue filming. But, I mean, everybody in her life was like, she would have wanted this show to go on. She would have wanted this con to continue on. So, I'm wondering from the husband's point of view, who, yes, wrongful death suit, settlement, is now executive producer. Plus, I believe he gets an undisclosed amount of cash on top of that. Maybe it's to be the executive producer. Maybe it's a job, right? I'm wondering if the way he sees it is that Helena would have wanted this body of work to continue and she would have probably wanted her husband, who's very involved, to be there, to be present for the continuation of this movie. Because Alec has said that as well. They've been good friends with the couple. So don't forget, Alec is actually good friends with, I believe it's Matthew Hudgens. Uh, so I, I think that's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting at here. That's what I'm feeling here is that 
they believe she would have wanted the, sh- the movie to continue filming and probably wanted her husband involved. How can we do this and also get him some money and stop a, a suit from happening? Here's money. You're the executive producer. You can be on set every single day, feel close to her, maybe feel some closure from it. That's what I'm guessing happened here. You are so sweet to I, think I'm, the best. I'm, to, I'm trying to. To <laughs> give the benefit of the doubt like you just did is I d- admirable. I am. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to this one. I am. Or, hear me out on this uh-huh. one, he's the executive producer because he knows that a, a, a film is a business, an independent business. Yeah. And if the film doesn't get made, there's no fucking money. There's nobody to sue. The film production itself, an incorporated thing, there's no money if they don't make a movie. In fact, there's probably nothing but debt because they've already spent money on the movie. So maybe he's thinking, if I don't make sure this movie gets to production, I'm not going to get a cent out of this, and I might not even get the money we agreed to. The only way I get money here is if they make the movie. And it's got to be incredibly ironic if that's the case, knowing that he's the only way he can get paid for this wrongful death suit is to actually go ahead and finish the movie. I mean, I know that people, what you said is absolutely right. There are people out there who have said, I knew her. I know that she would have wanted the film to be made. Under normal circumstances, I'm sure she would want the film to be made, but not after she got killed. And if there is criminal charges in this, well, that would change my mind too. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, this whole business here of broadcast continue on and do well. But if broadcast killed me and somebody actually was responsible for that, I don't know that I'd feel the same way. You wouldn't want your girlfriend stepping in on the podcast and taking your spot. <laughs> well, actually, ironically, we could use her because we're going to talk about Italians Perfect. coming up in a second. The real estate market is a hot mess right now. And mm-hmm. we know how this went down, I think, for the most part. Prices were going up, and then all the governments were freaking out, caught off guard, like, oh, my God, the price of housing is too high, and we've got to build all this affordable housing. And don't worry, everybody. Right now, all levels of government are are firmly committed to building ghettos. Government-run, subsidized housing is usually not the nicest housing that everybody's pounding down the door to get into. Usually. However, in this case, maybe they will be. Maybe the government stuff is going to be nice. But while they were building up supply, the Bank of Canada had a completely different idea about the housing market. They thought, for a couple of years now, our banks, they haven't done as well as we'd like them to. We want to make sure that the bankers in this country are more wealthy than anyone else. And, well, screw everybody else. They've got money that we want, and we've Mm -hmm. got a perfectly legitimate way of taking it from them. So let's raise interest rates for no good reason. And this is after they created the inflation problem to begin with by printing way too much money. So... Here we are. Bank of Canada has raised interest rates five times in one year. That had a cooling effect on the market. And I'll tell you how much it cooled in about one minute. A little more background. So now you've got interest rates Mm -hmm. that have replaced high prices. Crazy. People used to have very, very valuable homes. And when I say used to, I mean in February, January, December of last year, November of last year. Homes were worth much more then than they are now. Well, the prices have come down. There's a lot of people in a situation where they're probably going to have to sell at a loss because they cannot afford their current existing mortgage or the property they live in. So we've got supply for people that are not afraid to put their house on the market. It's worth a lot less, but there's still a lot of people who can't afford to buy those houses, even though the price is lower because interest rates have gone up. The Bank of Canada has created this perfect storm of real estate shit 
And frankly, nobody really knows what's going to go on. Leading consensus seems to be they've raised interest rates so much that probably soon they're going to realize the damage they've done. And they'll probably have to lower them a little bit. A lot of mortgage brokers are anticipating that within the next six months, there's probably actually going to be an interest rate cut. Nowhere near how much they've raised it, Mm -hmm. but there will be an interest rate cut. I feel like they've learned something from the gas stations. You know, the gas stations, they like to do things like just jack up the price 20 cents in two days, which they basically did over the last two days. And then they lower it five cents and everybody's like, oh, fuck, thank God gas prices have finally gone down. No, they're actually up 15 cents. Yeah. They just play this shell game to make us forget. Oh, shell. That's an ironic thing. Ah, I don't know why I ah, thought of that. I like to play the Petro game myself. Well, now that the Bank of Canada has got interest rates so high that it's unaffordable for a lot of people, people that had an investment in their home have had a massive decrease in that investment, and the whole thing's a mess. So here's how bad it is. The latest numbers from Waterloo Region, where we do our FM radio show, they just came out. September numbers. The and, number in Toronto, hang on for a second. Oh, we'll just, get to you in a second, just Toronto. Just you wait. Waterloo, the number of homes sold in September was down 25%. Townhouses were down the most at 39%. The average sale price, and this can be a little misleading because it's everything from detached homes to condos. Sure. And we all know there's a big price difference. Mm. But the average sale price was $752,421. That's down Mm $262,090. It's down more than a quarter of a million dollars. And, you know, I'm sure that there are some people out there who think, ah, well, I didn't really have that money because I didn't sell. And it was Mm -hmm. just on paper that it was worth that much money. If you'd sold last February, you'd have an extra quarter of a million dollars in the bank. But not anymore. How long is it going to take to go back up? I mean, yes, but relative to whatever you're go- wherever you're going next, right? We all know how that works. And this is the thing. Can you afford to upgrade at this point with these interest rates? Are you going to have to sell your home, possibly at a loss, and downgrade? Yeah, I think some people might be put the, have put, and I should say this, because I know so, a lot of people have sympathy for people, but they put themselves in that position. They have. How did they put themselves in the position? Well, I'm just thinking about, because I, I do, although I do feel bad for, for anybody whose interest rates are going up, which is anyone who's basically doing, um, that hasn't, doesn't have a fixed mortgage rate, right? We know that the inflation, it's crazy. And I do feel for them. But if you put yourself in the position to not be able to afford your house, knowing that this is a possibility, and those who project these kind of things did warn that this could happen. It was a warning. So if you did your due diligence or you had a proper mortgage broker that helped you through the process, they would have told you this is probably going to happen. Now you're sitting in a home where your mortgage is is crazy and now you want to sell it and you're going to have to sell it for less than what you purchased it for. And yes, you're probably going to have to downgrade to be able to afford a place and have a money to be able to afford all the other shit that's going up like groceries and hydro, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, so, you know, like it's, it's impossible for anyone to have a crystal ball. Don't get me wrong. But there were a lot of people forecasting this. If I'm not mistaken, my mortgage broker, too, was forecasting this exact thing to happen. Maybe not at this rate so quickly. Well, this is where you're wrong. I mean, nobody figured six increases in one year. Yes. Six increases in six months, essentially, going back to February. Yeah, that- it's, it's, it's sharp. It's a sharp, quick uh, thing. But it was, it was uh, a lot of people estimated to go up. 
Yeah. <laughs> People figured it would go up. Nobody figured it would go up even beyond what the fixed rate was at the time. It still made sense last winter to take the variable rate because even if there was an increase in <laughs> an increase or two or three, typically we talk about a quarter point, a half point. Nobody expected full point, three quarter point, another half point going like that. And frankly, it's completely ridiculous that we're even in this situation because none of us in the real estate market had any say whatsoever in how the system was running. So you've got Waterloo Region down 25%, $262,090 from your retirement fund or your kid's education fund or whatever it is, just pissed away, gone. Toronto was down 44%. Isn't that nuts? And now the number of new listings has dropped to its lowest level in 20 years. Think about that for a second. The biggest city in Canada. Was it sixth biggest in North America? Lowest number of new listings in over two decades. Mm -hmm. It's insanity. And you know what? I mean, the housing problem certainly did not get solved. Really, they took a lot of money out of people's savings accounts. They devalued a lot of people's homes. And I'm waiting to see what's next. One of the theories about the Great Reset, if you believe that, is that the government would own your home. Well, I don't think this is how people expected it to happen, but it's very possible that the government's going to have to bail some homeowners out here because they made the mess that we're in. And if they come up with a solution for it, albeit their version of a solution, I suppose some people uh, might want to hear them out on it, but it didn't need to be this way. And for people to lose $262,090 between February and September is absolutely mind-boggling. But this is 2022 in Canada, and it's really, really scary. Well, some people are now uh, suggesting that if you're go- going into the market for the first time, first time homeowners right now, I do feel for them so much. But uh, purchase something you can afford times two. So That's all you can do. But can you find anything in that price range? In the lower price range, you mean? I mean, if you can afford... You have to be able to afford it times two is the is the goal. So yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if there's a lot available. There's a lot being made. So let's say, and I give you an example if you're confused with what that means. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think Tony Joe Hall at one point was talking about this too. So if you can afford, if you're, hey guys, you're congrats, you're approved for uh, $600,000. Cool. Let's try to find something around... Okay, maybe three fifty. Let's start smaller because we need to be able to afford this times two. Should interest rates screw us or whatever else might happen in the world happen, and that's apparently the smartest thing you can do right now is be able to afford your mortgage times two. It's uh, there's also people out there that had a mortgage where no matter what the rate was, their payment would stay the same. It's just more would or less would go to interest rates. But there's mm-hmm. a trigger clause in there that once interest rates rise a certain amount, that deal is off the table. Most people with the last mm-hmm. interest rate hike in September hit that point, And now they, too, are paying more on their mortgage. Yeah. And these are people that thought they were safe and secure. But this is what the banks have done to them. And it's just insanity to me. It is. Ins- I can't believe how much it's gone out for people. Ay ay. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. 
Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kat, it's National Noodle Day. Now, we all know there's various types of noodles, but let's talk specifically about pasta noodles. Okay. Pasta noodles used in a lot of Italian cooking. Mm-hmm. So here's an interesting spin on this. A survey was done of Italian Americans and Italian Canadians. And they wanted to know about some of the North American things that we do with pasta and whether or not that shit would fly over in, in, in the old country. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can only imagine. I got a couple different scenarios. Be as honest as you can. Tell me what you think. And if, if it's a good idea and if you do it. Ketchup on your pasta. No, I don't. Never? I don't get it. No, don't get it. Even with like a mac and cheese, even with KD. No, I don't get it. Nope. Not even on KD. No. Oh, I put that shit on everything. Okay. Uh, not on spaghetti. If I'm going to make like spaghetti and, and, You're and doing pasta a sauce, sauce, right? You, you do a proper sauce, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, I'm not yeah, an animal. Yeah, yeah. However, if it's a, like a casserole, like a hamburger, macaroni, tomatoes, and cheese, if it's KD, yeah, I put pa- uh, ketchup on that pasta, and I love it. It's great. I don't think this counts. Maybe it does, but it probably doesn't. But I did, used to put it on my rice when I was a kid. I had ketchup trouble. On rice? I had trouble with plain rice as a kid, so I remember putting ketchup on it. And your parents were good with that. Oh, I don't think they gave a shit. Cutting pasta with a knife. Should you be twirling it on your fork and use a spoon, or do you cut it before you eat it? Even a penne noodle is too big for some people's mouths. Do they cut that, or do they just jam it in their hole? No, you just eat it. No, you eat it. Oh, I I didn't even give you the number. Uh, Ketchup, 89% of Italians say that is unacceptable. I bet they did. But one in six people over here does it. Cut it with a knife. 70% of Italians say, don't fucking cut it. Just open your mouth wider and suck. That's what you do. It's a slurp, I think, more than a suck. Would it be a slurp? I think it's a slurp. Okay. Putting your pasta in cold water prior to boiling it. So explain this to me. Do you I don't set even it? understand that okay. one. I don't get <laughs> it. I don't know why the fuck are, you would do that. Are you setting it in the cold water for and then like swirling it around to get rid of some starch on the top and then putting it in the, in the boiling water? Or are we talking like put it in the pot with cold water and then let it slowly boil from cold? I'm guessing from this, there's some people that think you need to like brine raw oh. pasta and, and that seems ridiculous to me. Okay. I don't know who would think that was a good idea. Maybe same people that would rinse the pasta really thoroughly after it was cooked. Yeah. Would do that. 81% of Italian and say, stop doing that. You boil it first, and and then you carry on. There's also some people who will take the pasta and put it in cold water in a pot and then put the pot on the stove and heat it up yeah. from like cold water to from boiling to with boiling. the noodles in it. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, there's also those who rinse their <laughs> pasta afterwards, and we've all been told that's not a good idea either. By the way, when I am impatient making food for my kids, I will do that. Yeah, I just throw it in there all at once because I don't have time. I don't want to sit there and wait for it to boil. So I just put it all in there. That way I know it's in there and it starts boiling. And then I mix, I come back and mix it around after a few minutes once it starts to actual boil, actually did, boil. Did you get that Michelin star yet? Because that sounds like no, a real sophisticated I'm culinary up, technique here. Not up for it. Don't care for it. Breaking dry spaghetti noodles in half so they fit in the pot. 
Um, no, I, the, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Lots of people do. I don't think it's like a, it's not going to change the taste of it either way. So I say who cares, but for this sake of this survey, I'm going to guess Italian said, do not do that. Actually, they're kind of split. 47% of Italians ah. say that is unacceptable. 46% say it's fine. The rest don't really care. To me though, I think it's just a, a lack of knowledge. You can just set those, those spaghetti noodles in the water. And as they soften up, they just slide in like getting in a bath. It's it does, beautiful. It does. But people all, I think people have the feeling that it is unevenly cooked that way. That, oh, this side got a little more attention than the other side that seeped in slower. And again, if it doesn't change the flavor of the pasta, which it doesn't, who cares? Okay. Having pasta as a side dish. Can you serve a, a nice pork chop or a nice steak with a side of spaghetti or penne. I'm wondering about like chicken parmesan is usually like one of those things. You serve it with like uh, linguine noodles. And that's, I guess that would technically be a side. But no, I'm going to, I think like if I'm have, if, if people are having pasta, it's a main course usually. So I'm going to say no. 72% say no. Italians believe pasta is the main dish. Yeah. However, 80% of us here in North America are perfectly fine with serving pasta as a side dish. What about after it's cooked? Sidekicks. Haven't you heard of sidekicks, Italians? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they love that stuff. They love it. It's already pre all the powders in there mixed oh, with the noodles. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, it really have... fucks your pans up, too. It's good. I need a cup of milk here to make my powder. Next time you, <laughs> next time you just want to throw your pan out after you use it because it's terrible <laughs> to a sidekick. So you've boiled your pasta. You're ready for sauce. Do you rinse that pasta under water before... You take the next step. I was always trained as, yes, I was always trained to do that. 60% of Italians say don't do that. In fact, you should be using some of that pasta water while you're adding sauce to it in the pan. Really? Yep. You don't even thoroughly rinse it. You just get the bulk of the water out and then work with it from there. It's a starch removal thing, right? That's, they say. That, that's what I was going to say. They say. But again, I'm not sure it changes the actual taste or texture of the pasta. So I don't know if it matters. They asked again, Italians, do you put pasta on the plate and then put the sauce on top of the pasta? Or do you take that newly cooked pasta and throw it in a pan or, or in a, mm -hmm. a pot and mix the sauce in there and do it that way? 44% say it's fine to put the pasta on the plate and then the sauce on top. But 48% say, no, you should always mix it in mix it. before you serve it. Now that way's nice and even too. One more. Garlic bread goes so great with, sorry, pasta goes great with garlic bread. Sure. Is that acceptable though, to serve garlic bread with your pasta? I think so. Half of Italians say no. 48% called that unacceptable. It's partly because the kind we eat is made with French baguette and not ciabatta bread. So if you're going to do ciabatta garlic bread, it's a little closer to acceptable, oh. but generally speaking, they say the pasta should be just fine on its own. <laughs> How many people just sop up their sauce in any bread they could find? Like a Dempster's. Let's go. This is the thing, right? I don't think people care that much. Uh, quick question, off topic a little bit. Uh, meatballs, yes or no? Oh, I love, yes, every time. I actually hate meatballs. <gasps> I don't like what? meatballs. I like burgers and I like ground beef, but I don't like, like them in balls form. Really? Any kind of meatball? Like, like has your, did your mom used to make homemade meatballs growing up? Well, the ones that came in that can were never good. 
but no, I did have those a little count. bit. Then when you make your own, see, you, if you make meatballs. You can't have those form beef chunks or whatever they're actually, whatever the heck they're, I don't even think they're beef. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what it is. It's probably like some like fucking Cuban zebra or something that died <laughs> and they just carved it up and <laughs> threw it in a can of SpaghettiOs. Cuban zebras. <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Anteater meat. There you go. Have at her. It's actually squirrel. I don't know what the hell that shit is, but let's not count that. Homemade meatballs are a lot closer. However, most people will just go out and buy a bag of meatballs and throw it in the sauce. Sometimes even from frozen, which is just no we're yeah. not doing that. I just can't. The pri- by no, the way, the, pri- too much. the price on those are insane. For a bag of meatballs? For a bag of meatballs. It's like 14, 15 bucks now. For what? It's less than uh, a pound of beef. <laughs> I know. It's stupid. <laughs> it's, the prices of everything are so dumb. We'll stick to just plain pasta. What's the, the most ballin' feature you've ever seen at a restaurant? You walked into a nice place oh. and you thought, Holy shit, this place is nice. I know everybody is going to have their own thoughts on what's balling for them. But for me, it's when they have the made built-in wine cellar walls. Mm. I love, and, and it goes all the way up to the ceiling. Like that to me is just like, and it's a classy joint that has one of those uh, wine rack walls. I'm super impressed. I think this is a great place. Huh. I like it when, for example, they'll bring out all the different steaks you could eat and you pick your steak. They take it oh. to the kitchen and cook it. That's a nice touch, That's especially so cool. when they, they explain the marbling Dude. to you and the aging process. I like that. They I, did that at Gordon Ramsay's. They do that at, at Ramsay's when I went there in Vegas. It was the coolest thing. It's like a sommelier for meat. There's yeah. a name for those people. There actually is. I don't know what it is, but whoever it is came over, explained every cut, every shape with an actual example and asked, which one would you like? I'm like, I went with a Wellington, but I was like, wow, this is impressive. I love that. Super fancy. You know what else I like too? Is when they come to the table and make a Caesar salad at the table. In front of you. I don't think I've ever had a Caesar made in front of me before. Okay. Well, let me give you a little tip here. It's a rest. I haven't been there in years, but there's a restaurant in Mississauga called Aristotle's. West Mississauga. It's near Winston Churchill. They'll come to the table, and if you want Caesar for everybody, they'll make it right there on the spot. They'll crack some eggs, they'll throw in the sardines, they'll do all the sauces and seasoning and blend it all up, and then eventually, oh, they'll make the bacon, cut it all up. Like, it, it is, homemade Caesar is so different from making a salad and pouring Caesar dressing on top. But am I an asshole at those places if I'm like, ew, sardines, get the shit out of here. I don't want that in my salad. You'd never even notice. They're really? mashed up and No, I everything. think I probably would. I don't think you'd notice. I think I would. We should go for a salad today. It's, uh, <laughs> I can <laughs> that be talked into bad. it. I can be talked into a salad. In any case, it's great. So try Aristotle's in Mississauga if you want that nice, fine dining experience. I also like it when they cook the food at the table. If you order like uh, yeah. a pork house for two and they'll come to the table and cook it. Those are all great features of a nice place. Sure. This one I have never heard of until now. There's a restaurant, very fancy one in London, England, that recently posted an ad looking to fill a position. In the Sunday Times, they were advertising that applicants must have gorgeous hands <laughs> and a basic grasp of both Greek and and Latin because your job will be to put grapes into the mouth of customers. That's different. In other words, this person, 
this beautiful handed person. <laughs> how do you know if you have pretty, how do you know if you have nice hands? Like, I mean, you know, if you, you, you take care of your, you know, you get manicures. Okay. But like during the interview process, you're like, hold your hands up. Let's, oh, yeah. it's kind of weird. It, they're going to check them out too. They like, will go up close. Let I'm me sure. see your hands. With like a magnifying glass. They don't want any imperfection, but that will be your job. You're going to wander around, and if a customer indicates they'd like grapes, kind of like the Brazilian steakhouses where they go around with a sword full of meat. <laughs> and you just hold up your green or red sign. Yeah. yeah. This person's going to wander around with a vine full of grapes, and if you'd like to be fed like you're Julius Caesar or something like that, they're going to slowly drop grapes into your mouth. Kate, do they pull apart the grape off the vine for you, or are you expected to pull it off with your teeth and they, like, dangle the grapevine like a set of bubbles right in front of your face? Like, how does that happen? How does that work? Well, now I'm not going to do very, it off the vine. Don't I think, didn't think of it like balls don't you, in my mouth. Don't you dare think this is not sexual. Everything about feeding someone grapes is sexual. Don't care who you are. It's true. That's all this is. They're going to hire a really hunky looking male to try to attract the females to come here for their bachelorettes or something too. They're going to, it's going to be a good looking guy with well manicured hands. It's going to go around and feed grapes and probably like give a little tease every now and again. Like here's a girl. Oh, whoopsie. Oh, can't get it. Do you it's think it's be a man? Totally sexual. 100%. You think it's a guy that's going to go I around think it's going it. to be, well, no, they'll probably hire a man and a woman because why not have the best of both worlds? And would you, if it's a good-looking guy with just the hottest hands you've ever seen, <laughs> that's all I look for in a man. W- would you, uh, <laughs> would you like just lean your head back and be like, "Yeah, feed me"? Uh, no, I wouldn't. I, I, I would not want to take. No, I would not be fed grapes by some random stranger. No. But is it cheating? Back to. The- <laughs> No, the that was a great combo no. in the other day's podcast. It's absolutely not cheating. However, you know what it is for me too is like, I used to, like, did you wash your hands? Where were the grapes washed well? You know, like I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know who you are. Like, I just prefer my grapes crushed up in what's called a wine glass. Like, that's mm. the only way I really personally like grapes anyway. Fermented as well. So I'd probably be like a hard pass. But I could see this being a popular thing, and it's gimmicky, right? And who doesn't love gimmicky? How much is this person getting paid is my question. A decent amount, actually. Uh, the restaurant is called Bacchanalia, and they say it is a celebration of exceptional Greek and Italian cuisine, exquisite wines, and exuberant revelry. Mm-hmm. Well, holy shit. Yep. That's hyperbole Every, uh, to, the, to multiplied by 10. This is, this, is just, this is just sex in a restaurant. That's Exuberant what it is. Exuberant revelry. Yeah. Oh, they're probably going to be half naked when they're doing the grapes I, thing, I, right? I think probably shirt off, right? Shirt off. Or if it's a woman, it's going to be like, like a really like revealing top of some kind. And Would you let a woman feed you grapes in a restaurant? Well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I wouldn't do it at all. But um, if I felt like I wanted some grapes, sure. Whoever's around and has grapes, I suppose. You, you wouldn't just suggest, hey, why don't you just leave a couple here on the side plate? Yeah, and I'll just pick it up myself. You pluck some off and throw it on the t- <laughs> table. Well, seriously, it seems and ridiculous. also, hang on. Isn't this a bit of a choking hazard? Yes. Like, I feel like this Someone is my- <laughs> going to die. Someone will inevitably like, die from I this. I feel like on the podcast a month and a half from now, we're going to be like, remember that time we told you? <laughs> <laughs> Someone fucking died. And I'll tell you. Choked on a grape. If that actually happens, I'm going to strut in here like a goddamn peacock <laughs> for that show. Because I will be all over it. All over we it. Should offer, we should offer that service for podcast listeners. When we get the chance to actually like meet people face to face, I'd like you to grab some grapes, wash your hands, get a manicure, 
which you'll do from time to time anyway. And I want you to start feeding our listeners grapes. I think that would be a beautiful thing to do. And the irony is, I think they'd be thinking, is Kat going to do some too? (laughs) Yeah, this is fine. But when's Kat coming up with the grapes? I think you should do it. I don't think anybody (laughs) wants me to feed them grapes. I don't think that's going to happen. But while we're on the topic, I did discover this this morning. And I wasn't aware that this is going on. But hey, sometimes you need an angle to make money. And what's one thing we have a ton of? Hairstylists. Okay. We have lots. Yeah. So one, I'm going to call her a sexy entrepreneur. Okay. Has realized that sex sells. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and since she is trained in the haircutting industry, she thought, how can I incorporate my sexuality into haircuts and parlay that into money? She's now offering a service to men. It appears that it's not available to women, but it says the service is for men where while she's cutting your hair, she'll be wearing booty shorts and have her big giant knockers out and cut your hair while she sits on your lap. Oh, yeah. Okay. What, what does that fall under the haircutting category or like, where would you, if this was the, if this was the, (laughs) is it a haircut or a dry hump? I don't know. If this was the olden days and you found this in the phone book, what category would this actually be in is all I'm saying. (laughs) You know what that reminds me of though, is don't mess with the Zohan. Have you seen that movie? Adam Sandler. So in this movie, Adam Sandler starts cutting hair. All he wants to do is cut hair. That's what he wants. He comes to America and wants to cut hair. And he starts to realize that people find him attractive cutting hair, and he basically does that. And then he starts just, like, fucking his clients and stuff. Oh. I feel like this is kind of very similar, isn't it? Uh, it's similar. Now, as far as I know, she's not fucking anybody, but she will, like, straddle you, like, climb up on your lap so that while she's here. Let me see if I can show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're sitting here in the chair. Yeah. Yeah, oh, she'll my- straddle, and she'll, she'll probably do, like, the head massage thing from like showing- the front, though. With her titties in your face, right? Well, this is the I thing. Can, yeah, motorboat. You're a motorboat and son of a bitch. Guys getting, love titties in the face. Well, you're getting your hair shampooed. I could see this. Yeah, sure. I mean, you, you're going for a certain clientele there when you're doing that. I mean, it's not like we're like the hey, Tinder honey, crowd. Hey, that's the thing. Like, it's not going to be like, hey, honey, uh, you and the kids. I'll meet you for dinner first. I'm going to go shove that chick's tits in my face and get a haircut. <laughs> I'll see you later tonight, babe. Love you. Okay, it's but not going to happen. If you go there for a haircut, first question, are you obligated to tell your partner when you get home, hey, I went to that, I went to the place <laughs> where they put the titties in your face. I walked into the wrong salon. <laughs> oh, sure you did. It was a whoops. Is it cheating? Oh, If you yeah. get your haircut there? Well, I mean. <laughs> she's not doing anything other than being a girl and cutting your hair and sitting on your lap while she does it. If you're. If your significant other knows and is okay with it, then no. If they if they do not like it or if you refuse to tell them, then yes. It's $150 for a men's haircut. Sure it is. $150 just, plus tip. Like that, I'm just wondering how she feels about it. Like, does she get turned on? Because there's going to be boners galore for sure. Like, you're sitting on his lap giving him a head massage, which, by the way, I get turned on getting a head massage too. Sure. I mean, fuck, it's great. She's going to be sitting on a boner like every and then when when it's all done and stuff. She's is like, that uncomfortable? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she's going to be able to do her job properly. Like she can be like sitting crooked sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, fuck, I fucked up your hair because you're crooked <laughs> fucking side boner. It's a little lopsided because, yeah. well, yeah, big pecker. Yeah, what do you tip? What, what's appropriate <laughs> what's for the girl appropriate? who does that? Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. Like a lot of lines are crossed here. Like when you tip, do you, where do you put it too? Like it's a cash only deal. Like how does this work? Can you bring it? Can you be more than one client at a time? Or is she bringing in like a slew of women to do this? Is there going to be like four or five? Is it like a, a situation where you get to pick and choose which one you, that cuts your hair? I assume so. If that's the case. If I were Kinda single. like a brothel. Like I'll take that one in the cowboy hat. <laughs> okay. If I were single and went there for a haircut. Does that make me look desperate? Yeah, I mean, really? yes. I'm going to say yes. Really? My, but it's like going to the strip club, but nobody takes their clothes off. In fact, you come out okay. with a nice haircut but out of it. This is why there's a difference, because if this is a bachelor party, hey, it's a bachelor party, we're going to get our haircut. No. That's a great it's excuse a to tell your girls. This is what yeah, I mean. We're just it's going a, for haircuts. It's a bachelor party. But if you're going alone and you're like, hey, yeah, cat, after the show, I'm going to this fucking, I'm going to go get my hair cut at, you know, Humpy McD's Cuts A Lot or whatever the fuck it's going to be called. Humpy McTits A Lot. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, yes, that sounds pretty desperate. Hmm. Yeah. Any chance you can say, I didn't realize? Like when she asked, do you want no. the upgrade special? I just assumed yes. <laughs> hey, listen, we've got, there's no shortage of places that women can go to get their hair cut. They've got amazing salons and such incredibly talented people running them. That's great. There's a whole network of kids haircut places that have like video games and all sorts of stuff to keep kids busy while they're getting their haircut. Nothing for dudes. That's not Nothing true. Nothing for this That is now. not true at all. There's a lot of sports places that literally play sports. A friend of mine goes, my husband's been before too, and it's just nothing but good-looking women cutting hair. It is good-looking women. They don't put their tits in your face, but good-looking women oh. and, and TVs on and sports on, and there's a bar. That is not true. There's one in Waterloo and there's one I in Cambridge. I didn't know about this. Yes. Really? Yes. Because I go is, to the girl places. And I voice, co- I voice commercials for like a, there's a bunch of them in the States too, because I do commercials for them. There are a ton of places to go. You probably haven't looked it up. I could look it up for you right now and you could check it out next time. Well, who, who that's, there's a, to- there's totally guys only. My, um, my haircut lasts like 35, 40 minutes. Game is usually two and a half hours. Am I going to have to leave? Like, cause my haircut is done or do I stay and watch the game? Well, you can because there's a bar at this one place. There's a bar. Can I drink while she's cutting my hair? Probably. Oh yeah. Why not? I love occasions where I can have a cocktail. So I was just curious if I can sit here and sip on a martini while she's (laughs) trying to give me a number one buzz cut. I'll find, I'll find (laughs) out more about it, but yeah, there's, um, there's all kinds, especially in this, in this area. Last thing I'm going to mention, cause we got to go men's health surveyed women. They wanted to know, which guy in your life do you fantasize about? And I don't mean specific guys. I don't mean like, well, there's the guy that I work with and the guy who delivers the mail and right. the guy who comes to close my pool. Not that. Mm-hmm. They want to know, in more general terms, who are your fantasies about? Your husband? Your boyfriend? Is it about friends? Movie stars? That sort of thing. The number one guy that women fantasize about are friends. 33%. One in four say their fantasy typically revolves around an anonymous guy that they've never met. They just created a guy in their head, and that's who they fantasize about. A Greek guy that feeds me grapes, for example. <laughs> Movie stars, one in five, fantasize about somebody they see on the big screen. Sure. 12% say it's a coworker. Okay. And last, dead last, pro athletes. Okay. So there's nobody out there fantasizing about a torrid love affair with Mitch Marner or with uh, uh, 
Alec not, Manoa. Not as much. Yeah, not <laughs> as much as others. But if you're just the, the a friend, like three times Unless you're a Kardashian, chance. then that's a 100% oh chance. Oh my God, tell me if about it. If you're a Kardashian. It. Tell me about it. It's a 100%. Tomorrow, we are kicking off the Thanksgiving long weekend. I hope you can join us for that edition of After 9. In the meantime... Is Dave joining us, by the way? Oh. Tomorrow? Good question. I don't know. He's going to the... He's going to the Jays game, isn't he? The 407 game? Yeah. Because he said that everybody can leave early tomorrow. Because he fucking wants to leave early. (laughs) That's why. He said a note. Everyone can leave early because I got to get out of here. Because he doesn't want anyone to see him bailing early to go to the Jays game. We'll see if we can catch him before because I'm curious um, how he feels. I know he's such a Jays fanatic. So we'll talk to him. If he's on with us, we'll talk to him about that. Side note on that. Dave is smart. Correction. Dave's wife is smart because she bought these tickets. And so did a lot of other people. Yeah. When we heard, ooh, tickets on sale for the postseason Wednesday at 10 a.m. One of the things you could do was get that ticket for each round of the playoffs. And you pay if the Jays continue to play. So they've ended up right now with tickets for the wild card, the ALDS, mm-hmm. the ALCS, and presumably the World Series. If it were held in Toronto, they've got access to tickets because they got in. Which is great. You can sell the tickets to one game and completely pay off all the tickets that you buy. Yeah, probably. So he's got that dilemma. Do I go tomorrow and cheer on the Jays or do I sell these tickets, make great money, it pays off the tickets, and then essentially when I go in the next round, assuming they make it through, it's free. And you still made a little uh, bit of money on top of you it. Gotta go it's a least, real Sophie's choice. Sure. I mean, you really got to go for the experience, though. The experience isn't... It's going to be... It's, there's probably... We're probably going to register an earthquake during one of these games. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. If it's an elimination game on Saturday or Sunday, yeah. you watch. I think that we will seriously do it like because it's insane at the Dome. Insane! I'm really jealous of anybody who's going, but we will talk about uh, that some more with Dave tomorrow, hopefully. Tomorrow, I'll also let you know how it goes today. Yes, in- what are you doing today, Scott? <laughs> I'm introducing Premier Doug Ford at an event. And where am I going to be today? Oh, Brampton. I'm, I'm interviewing okay. or, uh, introducing the Premier. <laughs> Holy Christ. I just swallowed the beef. It's a charity event, and this charity raises so much money for such great causes. And I'll tell you more about it tomorrow. Good. But yeah, the premier is speaking, and I didn't even know until they sent me the agenda the other day. So I haven't seen Doug in years, but we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. later on today. Tell have, him I said hi. Oh, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear it. Have a good one, guys. Bye. History's made Aaron Judge from the Yankees 62nd home run of the season, breaking the American League record set more than 60 years ago by uh, another Yankee, Roger Maris. Now, he hit the ball 391 feet. One fan caught the ball. It's estimated to be worth about $2 million, which, uh, I don't know, I give you one of mine for half of that. i tell you. The home run ball itself is thought to be worth at least $2 million. And it was caught by an investment banker. <laughs> Huge moment for the Yankees and an investment banker. What a night for the underdogs. Yeah. You know, really. Al Pacino is reportedly closing a deal with a publisher to write a book. It will be the first autobiography written in all caps. <laughs> in the new animated Scooby Doo movie, Velma comes out as a lesbian. Even more shocking, Fred comes out as straight. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.